Oops, it helps if I turn on the, uh, the pots here. There we go. This is the time and this is the place. And this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And since everything is geeky, if you love it enough, you never know what you're going to get. This is your host, I am C. This week, to celebrate the recent birthday of the great Sean Astin, we will be playing our favorite game, Six Degrees of Separation, with the Lord of the Rings actor. Surprise, Tanya. You're an ass. You're ready? We all get very excited for these episodes, so we're pleased to bring the game back. Do you know all the people in Rudy? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't yeah. want to tell you. Remember, yeah, twenty four well, is also a connection. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I didn't Screw send you? All. I didn't send you the new notes. No, the uh, Goonies. Damn. The Goonies. Come on, Josh. Lord Brolin. of the Rings alone and Stranger Things. Oh, we can, how many you. people can we fit to that? All right, all right. Now that we're done scarring Tanya for life, let's talk about the real it's episode my today. Week. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Keep calm. It's my birthday month. Okay. Anyway. Um, so no, really, the the legit topic this week is we're going to be talking about Monty Python, the Still Flying Circus, their movies, and some of the members' solo projects. I know it's kind of funny, it, you know, but Billy and I were talking about it on the ride to the studio today. You either love it or you don't get and, it, and, and, and I'm the one I don't get it. And I wonder if it's because you'd never watched it before, really? Did you? No, I mean I. You didn't grow we... up with it like a bunch of us did. No. And so I'm wondering if that's because it, it is essentially a theater of the absurd. And we'll talk more about it after yeah. the break. I, I told right. you, I turned it off yesterday after mm-hmm. like 11 minutes of just picking oh, yeah. an episode at random. Well, and there's, then... things, there's things we've talked about in this studio that I've, I will, I, I can't get through this. So I, I know what you're talking about. You told about. me to watch the next one, and I did. And I, I'm like. See the Ministry of Silly Walks? This is the one I turned off. No. I did. Okay, we'll get oh. into all this we'll after, get all the, the yeah, after the break. But anyway. Oh. So, so in studio today we have the the illustrious uh, Billy Dettori. Hello, Hi. Billy. Hello. Can you believe this nonsense over here, Bill? Hello. I know. Spam, 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 spam. My brother. I don't like spam. True, I don't like spam. <laughs> Baked beans are off, um, including all the stuff I get in my emails. <laughs> well, That's why that. it's called that. Yes. <laughs> also in the studio is the ever Kavechi, uh, <laughs> ever complaining. Birthday month. Happy birthday, Tanya. I want to thank Marvel for releasing Captain Marvel on my birthday. Yeah, that's kind of nice, yeah. isn't it? That's Wasn't a little it gift. Nice that, that they did that for me. You're going to be in the front row? Uh, no, we definitely not front row because <laughs> I don't want to look up the movie up like this. No. We're, we're in like row D something like that. In, in, in Rochester, we still have one of the last remaining great um, regular old-fashioned movie houses, the cinema, over by the Highland Diner. Okay? On, on Clinton, I think it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so it's like an old school movie theater, and it bucks the trend. I mean, you you know now with the big screen things and the way that everything's organized and 3D and stuff like that and stadium seating, you want to be kind of in the middle towards a little bit maybe two thirds back, all right? And that's where your best view is. But in the old school, you want to be up front. You want to be closer to the screen to get the experience. And and it was just interesting to be able to kind of kind of do that back and forth thing. I, I watched uh, the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man uh, at. Uh, at cinema, and it was cool. It was great. It was a lot of fun. And they have a house cat, yeah, who roams around the theater. <laughs> and if it, it, and apparently, if like the cat picks you and sits next to you during the course of the movie, then that's like a good luck thing. Oh. And of course, me being not the greatest cat fan on the planet, he found you. He found me and sat on my lap for half the movie. <laughs> oh, all right. I have to bring Susan there. Maybe we'll bring our own cats. Oh, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be fun. Cats always. Daniel actually go. 
Uh, Oliver would. Oliver. He, he likes road trips. He does. I've heard about that. Also in the studio today, hello, producer Sherry. Hello. We haven't seen you in a while. How no. you doing? What's new? Um, what's new? Finally, finally, finally. Stop snowing. Yeah, that's, that's a lovely thing. Yeah, it was perfect drive out. Just uh-huh. absolutely perfect drive out. Uh, but no, I was going to say, I finally got to see Aquaman. Oh, I love that movie. I still haven't. Oh, it's so good. I still haven't. You know what? And I hate to say this because I love the movie so much. I think I like it better than Wonder Woman. I think it's currently my favorite DC movie. Which is it's fine. so good. Doesn't mean Wonder Woman's bad. No, no. But I didn't think anything could top how much I loved Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. But. I'm have you seen here. Into the Spider Verse yet? I have not. No. I did. Oh, it's so good. Well, I did. That you was, took the boy, the the kids, I, didn't I you? I took the kids. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We had a good time there. Um, I need something sharp. Anybody anything sharp? Uh, something I got pokey. Skizzers. Skizzers. Little skizzers. Because my my Tim Hortons is not properly aerating, so I'm dribbling all over my damn self. Thank you. Because that's important while you're podcasting is to have something to drink. Usually we're like it's beer. <laughs> Usually we're drinking our asses nope. off in the no. studio. <laughs> Not me. Not beer. <laughs> mead, wine. Oh, speaking of mead, I found mm-hmm. something that um, I actually uh, was going to pick up for you, but I it's, I got to wait till the farmer's market comes around. Mead <laughs> jelly. Mead jelly? Yes, it's amazing. Now there's something I'm going to make Ian's sandwiches out of in the morning, right? <laughs> <laughs> One of the, Ian, why are you stumbling around after lunch? One of the meaderies and apiaries in my area makes mead jelly and wow. sells it at the farmer's market. I, I am so some. making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich out of that stuff when it comes to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I hear Monk. Uh, Monk is looking forward to her futures. Yes. Yes, that's awesome. Yes. We love you, monkey girl. She's not here today because she is pet sitting for Ed Becker. Okay. All right. How many pets? Does he have a small menagerie? Um, he has a dog, and I can't remember. I, I don't actually. I don't know how many cats he currently has. Okay, so somewhere <laughs> between zero and twelve. Um, I think it's four or five at okay. the moment. So Ed and Billy would get along. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They're trying to keep up with the Dottoris. Yeah. There's, no, well, there's a podcast episode keeping up, up with the, the Dottoris. <laughs> it's not, it's and not we can hard. talk about all of the live music they go to see. Actually, oh! we're going to the RPO tonight for Mahler. See? So we can for we, what? Mahler, Go, oh, okay. Gustav Mahler. Yep, I've Symphony Number no. Seven. Oh, that's a good one. Susan's too. Actually, a, that's Su- one of the few I know. Susan's a uh, classical music fan. Mm-hmm. We don't go often, but uh, tomorrow's her birthday, mm-hmm. and so we're going to the Symphony. <gasps> well, keep calm. It's her birthday month. Yeah, <laughs> hers too. Yeah. I know. Yes. I said keep Very calm. Nice. It's her birthday Very month. You nice. like I'm saying, you know, keeping up with the Tories, all the live music festivals they go to, the concerts oh, they yeah. go to, all that stuff. Just talk about that. That would be an entire podcast <laughs> talking about the live music you go to in one year. This past week, my coworker Polly has been off, uh-huh. and I've been also helping out our afternoon show a little bit. I've mm-hmm. been getting here at uh, to the radio like station where I work at three in the morning oh, and leaving about three in the afternoon. Oh, <sighs> ouch! That's a long day. Yeah. Well, the afternoon show doesn't have a producer currently, right? Well, Dale is helping them out, and I'm pulling some audio for them after I'm done with my brother Wee's work. Mm-hmm. And so, and I by thought the time they had a producer. She and- went. She moved on to the Bob Lonsbury show in the Wham Morning News. Oh, okay. She's uh, she made a morning move, which I just read an article about how. Starting, Starting work before, before 10 a.m. is unhealthy. It's like, it's Hello, like torment. say hi torture. to the unhealthiest man in America. Yeah, I know, yeah. seriously. It was like torture. Yeah. And oh. I, Dan's like, uh, I'm at work at 6.30. And I'm like, I'm leaving for work at 6.30. The, the day of- I'm getting out of bed at 6.30. You know, we had that snowstorm uh, 
the Monday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday morning. I got up to shovel at quarter to one in the morning. Wow. So we could get out of our driveway because the plow comes through at the middle yeah. of the night. Yeah. And That's when I was putting the, the snowblower away and going to bed. Yeah. What, quarter <laughs> the to same, one? At he the was same getting time, time he's shovel. getting up to shovel, I was putting mine away. <laughs> so that I could be here at three. Yay. Oh, here's some. Um, I don't, have you ever heard of the Avett brothers? Yes. I've only just recently discovered them. Okay. And and I, you know, you, when you see when you see uh, folk country uh-huh. rock next to the name, it's, it's like the last thing you'd expect somebody like me to actually listen to. But they, they I felt the same way when you sent me that one song. Yeah, I was they like, have oh, sort of a modern twist on yeah on folk music. What song did did you catch? Uh, the first song I ever heard was "Ain't No uh, Ain't No Man." Okay. And then I got obsessed with the entire band and started listening to their entire catalog as much as I possibly could find on YouTube. Oh, cool. Uh, so like February 7th and uh, I and Love and You and... That's the one. I just played that one on the, the radio Ballad a couple of weeks and ago. Yep. Ballad of Love and Hate. That was, and apparently they're going to be coming mm-hmm. to CMAC in June. Yes, they are. And do we know if tickets are on sale yet? Because I want to get some. <laughs> I'm not sure, but... <laughs> I know, but Rain, the tribute band to the Beatles is coming to CMAC again in... Uh, that's a thing. June or June, I think, because they were just uh-huh. here in Rochester. That's And see, Billy, that's why you're my mm-hmm. idol, is because you've insp- I need to see more live music. I have not done that in recent years. I want to fix that. So. And I, I do want to recommend, if you like sort of a modern folk music, mm-hmm. one of my favorite bands is the Adam Ezra Group out of Boston. Yeah, you've talked about them often. Yeah. Adam so. Ezra. You travel to Check see them. them. I do. Yes. Uh-oh. Tiny broke the place. No, Uh-oh. I didn't. I'm just trying to get the You're microphone. wrecking everything. That's it. So I tell you what. Let's take a quick break. Okay. And and when we come back, we are going to talk about... My favorite. British theater. Black Mirror? British theater of the absurd. <laughs> oh. It's like... Uh, is it, isn't that British too? Yes. Yeah. So, so maybe there's Actually, a theme. Yeah, Tanya about. never moved to England. <laughs> I, know, I, I visited. Like, but. You would watch Doctor Who and eat uh, and uh, drink tea, and that's probably about it. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Go to break. I, I loved this. I love this. Whenever I would hear this song, which I know was not ever written for Monty Python, they just adopted it because then I would hear it other ways, other places. I'd be like, oh my God, I love it. Oh, it's not Monty Python. Never mind. But uh, when I would hear this, I would just start laughing right off the bat. Because you got the cool animation and yeah. new laughs were coming. Unless your last name is Metris. <laughs> uh, no, I will disagree with that because the other half of the Metris name loves it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's it's the it's I the, have a what, what, on what's that. your what's your maiden name? Harris. Harris is yes. the name to avoid. Well, I don't know. Her it. father has a better sense of humor than but she does. But you know does, what? He didn't watch it either. So he'd get it though. So I, I have to say that if you're not terribly familiar with Monty Python's Flying Circus, a lot of it doesn't hold up well even even john cleese says that he doesn't think yeah. it holds up well um so it didn't he, age well is what you're saying yeah I, yeah, I, I, yeah truly. it's not really relevant and it's all right we'll jump in we'll jump in but it's okay. silly yeah yes. well that's the point monty python were a british surreal comedy group who created their sketch comedy show monty python's flying circus which aired on bbc from 1969 to 1974. 45 episodes were made over four series the Python phenomenon developed from the television series into something larger, including touring stage shows, films, numerous albums, several books, and musicals. The Python's influence on comedy has been compared to the Beatles' influence on music. Monty Python's Flying Circus was conceived, written, and performed by its members Graham Chapman, 
John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, and Michael Palin. Loosely structured, and that's an understatement, as a sketch <laughs> show, but with an added stream-of-consciousness approach and Gilliam's animations, uh, it pushed the boundaries of what was acceptable in style and content. Following their television work, they began making films, which included Monty Python and the Holy Grail in 1975, Life of Brian in 79, and The Meaning of Life in 83. Their influence on British comedy has been apparent for years while in North America. It has colored the work of performers from the early editions of Saturday Night Live through to more recent absurdist trends in television comedy. Python-esque has entered the English lexicon as a result. So, yeah, in essence, here's the thing. If you don't get it, that's okay. You were never meant to. I think one of the, the, the skits that I saw that always made me just kind of stop and stare was the fish slapping dance. <laughs> All right, now, let me set the stage for you. It's on the side of the Thames River itself. So they're in London. And I can't remember which two pythons were involved. It was John Cleese and I believe Michael Palin. Okay. And they're both dressed up as, as army, British Army officers. And one is just standing there stoically, just standing there. Uh-huh. And the other one is prancing about and will run up and has two rubber fish, one in either hand, and would just slap the other. And then dance back. And he danced forward again and slap with the other hand and dance back. So basically, it would prance up, slap him with a fish, and then dance back. And then after this happens for about 45 seconds, suddenly the one who's been standing there just left cross and dunks him right into the, and punches him right into the Thames. And he really, and he did that stunt. They did all, almost yes, all their own they did all They did all of their own <laughs> physical comedy. And, and um, you know, Palin was, was always throwing himself around. Palin, Michael Palin was always throwing himself around. But here's the thing. What were you supposed to take away from that? What was it meaning? What Was there some sort of meaning? Was there some sort of message? Being, no, it was just odd. And that's the whole point of the entire thing was to make you wonder what the hell was happening and turn things on their ear. You know, it, the, this this write-up, it, says, it talks about how it influenced the early editions of Saturday Night Live were they on Saturday Night Live at one point? A couple of the Pythons showed they up in one They were the some years. of the first guest hosts. Yeah. Yes. Like a, yeah. Michael Palin and Eric Idle were some of the first guest hosts. In but the... what I was going to say was, um, and while I can see a little bit, you know what show, what American show, well, I, actually, it may not be American, that I think is like a direct descendant of Money Python mm. is Kids in the Hall. Okay. They're the Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Canadian saying, I, I thought they were Canadian. Mm-hmm. But they are almost like they they seem more like a direct descendant than mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Saturday Night Live's more of a traditional sketch comedy. Whereas uh Kids in the Hall is more absurd yeah. as is Yeah, Monty well, Python. you know, uh, here's the thing is is Saturday Night Live is an americanized version of anything british. <laughs> All right. And so how many times have we actually you know seen that in action where yeah. there's something americanized version of a british show and it doesn't always work the way you expect it to. You know, The Office, mm-hmm. yeah. for instance. I see. I always saw Saturday Night Live as more of a, but I think they were, I think it actually, I, they remind me more of a bit of Fry and Laurie than they yeah. do Monty Python. But here's my question, and I know I ask this type of question every so often when we deal with stuff like this. Does Saturday Night Live exist without Monty Python? No, I wouldn't imagine. I don't think so. I really don't. I think <clears> if, if Monty Python didn't happen, then Saturday Night Live, it may have, some version thereof may have occurred somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. But just, just in terms of an ensemble cast, yeah. Yeah. no main star. Right. Yeah. I think it would have been more similar to the um, all of the, uh, the, the other, not really sketch comedy, but like, uh, mm-hmm. oh, what were they called? 
that they used to have, like the um, variety shows. Variety shows. I think it would have been more like a variety show. And actually, like Saturday Night Live, had the early sketches involving characters like the Killer Bees, which made no sense. That's very <laughs> Python esque, the Killer Bees. Yeah. yeah. So. I and definitely. now for something completely different. You know, the, just the weird things that they do, because I first started watching when I was early high school, late junior high, like seventh, eighth, ninth grade, somewhere around there on PBS, Channel 21, used to show Monty Python. My brother was always a fan, and I was very influenced by my brother in terms of the things I liked. So once I got a little TV for my bedroom, I'd start watching it on weeknights, and was... It was just the what? Just, what was that? Was made me laugh. What did I just see? Whether it was the Twit of the Year Olympics or the Ministry of Silly Walks, mm-hmm. or even just not playing the opening theme song to the end of the show, yeah. letting the whole show go before the opening theme played, yeah, that type of thing would uh, make me laugh. Yeah, and you know what? My my think what, what I oh God I can't even speak today. Look at me go. This is what you could do for getting me into the studio this early in the morning. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, that's all right. Um, the most iconic Monty Python sketch, Dead Parrot sketch. Oh, that, sure. And that's the one I watched, and I'm just like... <laughs> this parrot it's an is no more. I think, I think what the, the it is... The use of language the, it's, it. it's the use of language. It's the banter back and forth. It's 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 Michael Palin's just his his... Desire to try and get out of a tough situation and John Cleese just hammering away at it. And then it's watching something utterly British unfolding in front of you. I I guess that that particular skit was kind of a more absurdist version of an older sketch Mm -hmm. about a... um about a car salesman who couldn't, who would not admit that the car that he was trying to sell was literally falling apart on stage. Right. And uh, so they took that and took it even further because that's what Mighty Python did. They took an idea yeah, and, and took it to its pushed it most absurd extreme. I think when when John Cleese finally explodes towards the end of the, and goes in that long rant about the parrot, this yeah. dead parrot. <laughs> All right, and and there's an anecdote tied to tie into this, and, and and it relates here to the home front. Um, so here's he's going off about this parrot, and he's just coming up with every kind of descriptor as he possibly can. And, and and then, of course, in in a couple of the recorded albums, he gets a little more colorful than he did on the TV. Um, <laughs> he fucking snuffed it, you know? <laughs> and, and just, just, it just, it's, I've always, from an early age seeing it, it was so utterly British. And I loved it because of that, because it was just this peak inside the things that the Brits will do and the way they address each other and the way they handle situations and here's this absolutely outrageously messed up situation. And neither of them were playing it for laughs. They're playing it straight. The two characters had an agenda. You know, one get out mm-hmm. of the trouble, one, you know, get the resolution. And it's just, it's so funny to watch how it just all unfolds. Mm-hmm. He's pining, pining for the, pining for the, for the fjords. fjords. What? <laughs> pining for the fjords. Now, just the anecdote real quick. The whole, the whole thing centers around this parrot that the guy mm-hmm. buys from a pet shop and it's a Norwegian blue all right that's and that's beautiful plumage Norwegian blue all right what's the name of the color of the paint <laughs> throughout the first floor of my new house 
Norwegian oh, blue. Norwegian blue. <laughs> and isn't it the same damn blue as the parrot used as the prop in the first sketch? I bet sketch? you that's why they called it that. Oh, I can guarantee <laughs> it. And I, and here I am at Home Depot, and I was like, I'm going to paint. I'm going to start painting the. I'm in my new house. I want to start painting. This is going to be great. And I was thinking like yellows, earth tones, yellows. This will be great. And then I'm standing there in line waiting, and I look and I see the card, and I pick up the card, and I'm looking at the sample card, and I'm, it's just striking me as this is kind of cool. I like these combinations. And then I see the name of the color. Norwegian blue. I remember you sending me that. And, and I'm like, somebody is in my head right now. There's somebody at Bear Paint that is is that thinks the same way I do, and they're sending me a message, and I brought home two gallons immediately and went to work. So <laughs> Right now I'm looking at an article called 15 Ways Monty Python Revolutionized Comedy, uh-huh. and number 15 uses Dead Parrot as his example. Uh-huh. He uses simplicity to their advantage. The key to a lot of Monty Python's greatest material is its delightful simplicity. Take the dead parrot sketch, for example. A man has been swindled by a shifty salesman in a pet store who has has told him that the parrot he just sold him is asleep, but then the man realized the parrot was actually dead. So he's returned to to the store to get his money back. It's a very simple setup. And yet the comic geniuses of John Cleese and Michael Palin managed to squeeze more than five minutes of hysterical laughs out of it. The Pythons are living, breathing proof that when it comes to sketch comedy, you don't need really great idea. You just need great execution. Right. That's perfect. That's perfect. And I think that's what it is, is you have these... These are highly intelligent fellas. This is not like jackass, where these are numbnuts in shopping carts throwing themselves over things Mm -hmm. to make people laugh at them. All right. This, This is... Not Saturday Night Live where they, I feel they try too hard mm-hmm. to make certain things happen. This is just six guys taking simple premises and turning them on their head mm-hmm. and just saying, let's see what kind of fun we can have. And sometimes the word absurd is all you can use. Like a oh, bunch yeah. of philosophers playing soccer. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But it makes me laugh. It did. I agree. Uh, what are some of the other good ones? My favorite sketch is the bookstore. Which, the bookshop sketch, oh, okay. where the yeah, guy yeah. comes in and yeah, starts yeah. asking for really obscure books, uh-huh. and he's nope, don't have that one. Nope, sorry, I don't have that one. And then he start, he goes, oh well, what about David Copperfield? He's like, oh yes, Dickens. Oh no, 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 D- David Copperfield. It's by, it's by, uh, what was it, Edmund Wells? And he's like, no, I think you're, I think you're mistaken. It is by Dickens. He's like, no, it's Copperfield with one P. <laughs> and then he keeps going and great expectations spelled G R A T E. And he keeps going, well, I know oh. we don't, Nick, Nickerless Nickleby and the uh. Christmas Carol with, with two K's. And then finally, he finally finds one book. I remember this one. Yeah. Finds oh, one book. That he has, and he goes, "Okay, here it is. Take it." And he's like, "He's mm-hmm. like, I can't read." <laughs> and he goes, "Fine, I'll read it to you." <laughs> and opens up the book and starts reading it to the guy. The the, the complaint department yeah. sketch, where you basically show up to to get into an argument. Uh, yeah, the argument. <laughs> the argument or whatever, and then the Ministry of Silly Walks. We talked about yeah. that one. Cheese shop. Crunchy frog. Crunchy Frog, you know, <laughs> which Harry, Harry Potter they, they took it for uh, one of the candies, yep. didn't they? Yeah. So. Yeah. Oops. Who was it? Hello. Are we in, interrupting? No. Nope. Someone just nope. walked in. Nope. Just say hi. Oh. Hi. Um, so here's it, and let's circle back around because there's been one voice that's been strangely quiet in this particular occasion, and it's not often that you find something that Tanya just doesn't quite get into. It's not often because she's fairly open about a lot of things. She gets into stuff. She likes to, you know, to explore and, and see things, but this one's kind of turned her off, and I have that theory that I've talked, I've referred to a couple times. You know, her husband Randy is big into it. 
What's the common denominator? We all discovered Monty Python when we were younger. Yes. When we were in our teens, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, we're discovering British television. We're discovering other things. We're discovering Doctor Who, the works of it, like, you know, all that type things of stuff. Things that were outside of the mainstream outside of our high of the school friends. I was exactly. say, I turned Doctor Who off at that time also. Yeah. Because I, because, I mean, PBS so and things like that. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, and I and I and I turned it off. It wasn't something that. And I I think that's kind of it's funny because it appealed to us because we were so used to, it, it, when you're a teenager, you're in that that mode of of life where you're coming out of, being regulated so much by school, by parents, by you know society, by whatnot, and you're starting to kind of like figure out what's going on around you, and you're you know this is where you start seeing the kids with the rock concert T-shirts. You're seeing, you know, you're getting into the 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 rock and roll and you're getting into your metal bands and you're getting your hair glam and you know in the 80s you're getting the glam bands and whatnot and you're getting that that expression these kids are starting to come out you know and trying new things and you know stretching the limits of stuff and that's where we got exposed to it so that, i think that's why we're more prevalent to to adapt to it and tiny i'm not making a comment saying you were lived a sheltered life or anything i lived a sheltered life but you did i, I, I know <laughs> you I, did i've heard your life story on several occasions and i, I, I truly i am like it was star wars and star trek yeah I and mean, that's and, cool yeah which so, is great i mean i was a bookworm i mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that no I so mean, sherry so, mm-hmm. See, and, and, in high school and uh, but like my, okay. neither neither one of my parents yeah. get it they they just they oh. see mine didn't either but my, my mother brother was a did big fan of monty python my mother loved monty python so and it's just not something i'm like we would go to the movies more often or we would then mm-hmm. i mean tv was um like Sunday golf and football mm-hmm. and Saturday I'm like if I was at my grandparents it was the Lawrence Welk show and mm-hmm. and so I just had definitely a different upbringing in regards to that. I didn't even have control of the TV until I like went to college mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, truly and then whatsoever but I mean it was Dallas and Dynasty and I'm like if I wanted to watch TV I was watching whatever my parents were watching at the time because no, I didn't have a TV in my room. No, I didn't have a phone in my room. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of that until 1990 when I went to college. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> then I came home with a TV in my room because I bought it myself. But here's now, now here's the thing, though, that makes me wonder. I mean, I get it because, like I said, you know, we bought, we're all exposed to it very young. And so it, it appealed to that, you know, that need to rebel a little bit to a particular degree. Mm-hmm. And that need to turn all of the norms on their side so that we can kind of express ourselves more. And, and so I get why you might not have been exposed to it early on because you didn't have that same experience. However, you're a D&D gamer. Mm-hmm. You're, you're an avid watcher. Pretty that much started av- in 1992. Yeah, but still, yeah, uh, let, me, let me get the <laughs> list out. Let me get the list out. I'm, I, it's just because I'm trying to figure this out right now. All right. You you hang out with... Let me get on a couch. So Yeah. Oh, I'm not Dr. Filling you. I'm not going to Dr. Fill you. All right. But the long, the long and the short of it is I'm trying to figure out, I mean, with, with as much as you do watch the, the things that you're exposed to, the fact that you're like, I don't get it. It kind of took me off guard a little bit. You're like, wait, I'm like, what? Have you seen any of the movies? I have seen um, Holy Grail. And I think the first time I watched it, I'm just like, what the F is this? <laughs> and and I, I like literally walked out of the room. Uh-huh. Like, And then don't I, watch Meaning of Life. It's it's like I, a I've, movie version no, of the show. The show. And um, but I've gone back and have seen Holy Grail. I like think two or three more times because the more times I was exposed to it, mm-hmm. and we've had friends over, whatever our gaming group, and I'm like, yes, I'm starting to get how funny some of the the parts are, and and we use it and we quote it and things like that. 
I've seen um, bits and pieces of Life of Brian. I love Life of Brian. And, and it's like the one of the only thing is it's like conjugate the verbs, Romans yeah. go home. Because that goes to my <laughs> English background type thing. But, and I've seen um, spam a lot at the um, RBTL. RBTL, the Auditorium Theater. But other than that, mm-hmm. I... And, mm-hmm. I mean, we will quote, it is the rabbit, it, behind the rabbit, it is the rabbit, ah, whatever, type thing. But, no, 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 but it's more, ah. Uh, right, <laughs> I, and you guys just did that last week or whatever. So, I mean, it's just little snippets of the the whole thing. But. All through high school, we used to quote uh, the penguin on the telly. Mm-hmm. And when <clears throat> when my best friend Jen and I had an apartment and we had a uh, an answering machine, at one point our answering machine message was uh, the song I Like Chinese. <clears throat> and I love that the one. other one Library Jury Lane, I remember that one. And uh, the other one was um was uh, I've Got Two Legs. Mm-hmm. Song was also our mm-hmm. So I've always been into Monty Python and I'm actually I'm I'm with Chris. I'm surprised that you're not because it seems Especially Holy Grail, I could see that appealing to you because of your English background. Mm-hmm. I could see that, that appealing to sh- you. Sharing notwithstanding, because you're a different sort of person, is Monty Python more, um, that, does it attract a male audience more I think than so female? Too. I think so. Because even though my brothers and I loved it, my sister never, never understood her like that. I don't think that at all. All of my... Uh, Mel, Jen, Lana. Oh my God, Monk is loves Monty mm-hmm. Python, but we grew, actually, we grew no, up my wife, her absurdist yeah, humor. Yeah. <laughs> my wife also enjoys it, so I, yeah. I, I I was just trying to think more generally because I mean, there's certain types of comedy that I think sometimes do appeal more to men than to women, but mm-hmm. I don't think that Monty Python really is that. Well, here let me get you know, not is, that is Monty it, Python is sexist. No, I, I don't no, think that no, at all. no. I mean, they had their and then and she even called herself. I can't remember the actress's name, but she called herself the token woman on the on the. Oh, um, Carol Cleveland. That's Carol thank Cleveland. you, Carol Cleveland. Is that and, her only uh, line that she yelled mattress? Yes. Yeah. But no, she shows up on quite often. Oh no, the she course. yeah, she yeah, was in thirty four. But, line but, in but that more skit. Off, yeah, yeah, but more often than not, if there is a female character, it's typically one of the guys dressed up in drag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, and and they would all be screeching at each other. Yeah. Oh no, I've yeah. never had a problem with that. Um, and yeah, she was in thirty four episodes. Yes, of the forty five. Yeah. Yeah. So she was in quite, and also uh, John Cleese's first wife. Oh, uh, Connie Booth. Okay. No, no, was, no, no. He, I don't. Th- she was in the. Um, she was the girl in the uh, lumberjack sketch. Okay. That was John Cleese's first oh, wife. Okay. Jennifer Wade. <clears throat> no, Alice. Alice <laughs> I thought I'm Rebecca. How about Rebecca? I'll give well, you no, a I'm like a, Charlene. Mrs. Cleese. Yeah, no, <laughs> Mrs. Cleese the first. <laughs> Mona. No, Connie Booth was the, his first wife. Okay, okay, it was Connie Booth. I didn't think and it was Connie Barbara Booth. And then Barbara Trentham, Alice Eichelberger, and then Jennifer Wade. Yeah. But Connie, right? Carol oh, Cleveland was... John's been busy. Yeah. Carol Cleveland was at was the one who was on the most okay. on the show the most yeah. Now Graham Chapman has since passed away. Yes, he has. And that was a while ago now, yes. if I remember correctly. He had a lot of issues. Yes, he did. And um, Holy Grail was very hard. Filming of that was very hard on him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> was he around for Meaning of Life? I don't remember. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, he yeah. was the main was, character. Yeah. Okay. He was yeah. uh, Arnold for Meeting of Life. I yeah, actually Life of don't Brian. Know. He was Brian. Brian. Yes, I was. The, you meaning said of Meeting of Life, and I immediately went yeah. to. I think he was in he was in Meaning of Life. I'm pretty sure of it. I do and then died remember. soon after. I do not remember. Uh, I just he know died that, in '89. Yeah, yeah, he died a couple years after Meaning of Life. Yeah, he was not. In, he wasn't in the last season of Flying Circus. Really? Yeah, he was. I think he had one cameo, and he uh-huh. still got writing credits. Yeah. Because uh, they a lot of the sketches he had worked on before that season, they had used sketches that they had written years mm-hmm. before. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he felt that they had done everything that that they could do and mm-hmm. it was starting to be a retread and it wasn't funny anymore so he just no not doing it see and that's a thing i can make i've made this commentary in the past and i have a feeling i'll make it again in the in the future is the british know how to make tv um you know americans mm-hmm. they see a recipe and they overcook it repeatedly you know 11 seasons of mash which was a fantastic television show and it had some great moments four times longer but it lasted than four the war. times longer than the war it covered you yes. know yeah we're, for the war it was set in um cheers friends Mm-hmm. You know, these are all shows that lasted probably longer than they should have, where the British are like, let's tell a good story. And when it's done, it's done. Walk and we'll away. go do something else. The and Office. Now, how the sad office. is it that I thought Benny Hill was funnier than Monty Python? That's fine. That's a great. That, that's that's hilarious to me because of the they're, they're similar kind of flavor, but they mm-hmm. do it in different ways. And and Benny Hill is definitely a lot more body slapstick and slapstick. Yeah, it's uh, slapstick, burlesque, and double entendre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's there's a podcast grew in the future. Let's up, talk I about the things on, that we I, didn't expect Tanya to like. You <laughs> know, and, and, and that, that's the thing. I'm like hardcore it, pornography. Really? <laughs> oh, we can have a conversation. <laughs> really? I'm a teacher. Stop it. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> So, uh, oh, and this I found very interesting. I did not know this until I did this research. Is uh-huh. um, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Terry Gilliam, uh-huh. we would not be able to watch Flying Circus because BBC tried to do the same thing they did with early Doctor Who, uh-huh. and they tried to get rid of to reuse the videotape because it was so expensive. Uh-huh. They tried to get rid of all of Flying Circus. Oh, okay. But Terry Gilliam found out about it and bought. Bought all of it. All of wow. them. Bought all of the um, bought all of the masters. Uh-huh. And so when they decided, oh, it looks like people are interested. We would like to show this show. They had to go to Terry Gilliam to get permission. Oh, wow. <laughs> and get the tapes from him. That's a, yeah, there's, there's, there was some business planning. Mm-hmm. Now, Terry Gilliam, the animator, Yep. He's the only American. He is. He's the only American on the team. And uh, so that's where I thought you were going to go with that. No. There was some sort of rule because he's an American or something like that, that no. he could bring it to American TV or something like that. No, it was just they were going to He get just rid had of enough it. forethought to yep. know that this is a practice BBC did. And so he prevented it from happening. Absolutely. I so thought that was wonderful. That is cl- that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, Terry Jones yes. is not well. If I'm hearing. Oh, I haven't heard that. I yeah, Alzheimer's. It's dementia Aww. or Alzheimer's. He's and he's slipping fast. As, yeah, uh, in that's I, I saw John Cleese a few months ago mm-hmm. last summer here in town, and I think at I his, believe he mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, at his age, I don't think it would be Alzheimer's. It would just be straight dementia, yeah. which does yeah, go a lot faster. Yeah. What's that, Tanya? He's seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Yeah. yeah. Alzheimer's is almost an early, mm-hmm. an early onset dementia. Okay. That usually happens in six in the early sixties, at the latest usually, mm-hmm. and it takes a little longer to progress. Anyway, but uh, we still have Cleese, we still have Palin, we still have Idol, who all show up in various places every so often. Palin had a great series 
through Discover, Discovery Channel. Yes. Uh, where he would go travel. on adventures and travel and, and whatnot. Yep. Do we have a call? You do. <laughs> hey, actually, should we answer it on here? Yes. yes, let's answer <laughs> it. Let's answer it. Let me. Oh, shoot. I got to go push a button in the other one. <laughs> oh, they'll, be, they'll hang up on us by then. <laughs> uh, now, are we going to say it's, it's Weezer's Pizza? <laughs> Can I take your order? Here it comes. Billy, Billy's getting miles in on that running. Because if this bit sucks, we can go ahead and edit it out. <laughs> FC3 Monkey Business, hello. <laughs> Oops. Hold, hold on one second, sir. Oops. There we go. Who, who are you trying to call? I can't hear you. Hold on a second. Why can't I hear you? He may oh, have hung, hung up. Up. Yeah, up. That's why I can't hear him. Because he he'll up. probably call. He thought he had the wrong number, so probably. Yeah, but he, he thought he but might have been calling. Uh... Maybe I'll have to answer with the radio station. <laughs> call letters next time. Yeah. I was. I didn't want to do. I that. I want to put in a request for Leonard Skinner. I bet that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Oh, oh, there, oh is. there he is. There he is. We got it this time. All right. I think so. All right. Radio 951. You hung up on me. What 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 can I do for you? Uh hey listen, man. My wife has been bitching at me for freaking two weeks. Our tenth anniversary is coming up. Okay. She's telling me that it's uh, a silver anniversary and I know that's not correct. No, silver silver anniversary is twenty fifth. You have to know what the tenth anniversary gift is. Hold on a second. Oh, we got hold, people hold, for that. Hold on. Oh, I, I got someone in the studio. The man wants to know what the 10th anniversary is called. Uh, We're looking that up right now. Tin or aluminum? Yep. It's tin or aluminum. That sounds like really unromantic. No problem. Why would you call a radio station to ask <laughs> what that is? However, as a modern spin, couples also give diamond jewelry as for their 10th anniversaries. Trying to figure out how come I couldn't. How, he, <laughs> there we go. Now, that's do you want funny. me to call into the state station? To try <sighs> test I'm annoyed because that could have been much funnier. That could have been very Python-esque. <laughs> See, now here's the thing, though. This that moment was perfectly Python-esque because <sighs> it was just so random and odd, and some people are going to get it, and some are not. Speaking no, but, of speaking <laughs> of the word Python-esque, uh huh. Okay. While um, eating Timbits and drinking coffee. What they really wanted was they wanted their humor to be impossible to categorize. So the or fact understand. that so the fact that they Same. created a word Python-esque to coin it, Terry Jones says that proves that they failed miserably at their goal. <laughs> <laughs> But they just created their own category. Yes, they did. Yes, I know, they you know, did. it's funny because when I was watching some of the like animations in between it, <laughs> it reminded me of some of the stupid cartoons that Tyler was watching with like, um, it's not Gumball, but it was um, Rick and Morty. Chowder. Not Chowder. <laughs> um, and whatever... The little kid with the big round cheeks and, yes. and things like that. It was just so, like, really big head and things like that. And, and it just, it was. See, that was always uh, one of my favorite things was the animation. I, me too. I and actually, and now speaking a, of animation, it seems like real, uh, descendants of Monty Python would be the Simpsons and Family Guy in South Park. Mm-hmm. In terms of being able to be outrageous and 
That's a good point. And non sequiturs between yeah. jokes and. Oh, it's not chowder. I was thinking of. It's the other Mis- misadventures of Flapjack and whatever that is. Yeah. Is it just the misadventures of Flapjack? I remember that show. I, I never we're, heard of it. We have, until just we now. have yes. kids. We have kids of a similar age. So. Yeah, and, and and that's yeah. exactly yeah. W- that's exactly what I was thinking of yeah. in regards to it. That yeah. it's the, uh, the marvelous, marvelous misadventures, misadventures of, of Flapjack. Flapjack. Yep. And I'm just like, well, I'm like, and Candied Island, uh, Captain Knuckles, <laughs> a crusty old pirate. And I'm just like, oh my god. And and the other one that drives me up a wall is Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, oh Lana wasn't allowed to watch that. It was oh the only. Gosh. It was my, one my of the only shows I banned. My husband loved it. He goes, it's living on a cul-de-sac. He goes, I lived on a cul-de-sac. No. So, but it has the disgusting. It has the same feeling to me really not not mm. at Ed, Ed, eddie because that's just whatever but like the marvelous misadventures of flapjack definitely had this a similar animation technique that i saw that's just me now is the, there anything girl living is in there anything python-esque going on right now i mean i know john cleese has been touring lately uh you know doing presentations and whatnot he was in rochester recently for a, a viewing of holy grail uh, but do we hear any of the others working on anything at the moment? I believe Eric Idle put out a book or Palin, or did both of them? Eric Idle. Eric Idle put out a book? Yep. It if you don't... Always look on the bright side of life. The famous song from Life of Brian. Yep. Uh, the Greedy Bastard Diary. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you don't follow John Cleese on Twitter, I highly recommend it. Seriously. Highly recommend it. And not Python, but I also recommend following Michael Caine. Okay. Don't do it if you are offended by language. He swears like a sailor. Prolifically. Prolifically and abundantly. (laughs) And usually very interestingly. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. All right. Let's got a couple pieces of trivia here, and then we'll wrap up this particular portion of the program today. The head of comedy at BBC said that the title had to include the word circus because the people at the BBC had referred to the six cast members wandering around the BBC offices as a circus. So they added flying to make it sound less like a real circus and more like something out of the First World War. And in front of that, added Monty Python because it sounded like a really bad theatrical agent. And also <laughs> that large constricting snake was appropriately was appropriate imagery. So when they first started the show, mm-hmm. um, they taped <clears throat> late. They taped in the evenings, mm-hmm. and um, they would bring in um, the bring in an audience, and they were specifically recruiting an older audience. Mm-hmm. And they came thinking it was going to be a circus, <laughs> and had no idea what the hell they were watching. So they realized that nobody was laughing in the earliest episodes. There's not a lot of laughter going on. So the guys brought in their family and friends mm-hmm. <laughs> to do. So then BBC started realizing, okay, we need to bring in a, an earlier audience mm-hmm. to tape. But they were showing it so late at night that, that they were doing this young audience for the tapings. But then they, they couldn't get that same audience to watch the show because it was on later. That's amazing. Then they started bringing in the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Exactly. Exactly. Cardinal Biggles, bring <laughs> forth the rack. <laughs> <laughs> and he holds out a dish rack. <laughs> <laughs> the comfy chair. The comfy chair. chair. The fluffy pillows. <laughs> Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. There it is. 
<laughs> there it is. No, I, you know what I'm getting a kick out of? Monty Python and the Holy Grail in 1975 was funded by Pink Floyd's album, The Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. It was also contributed by Led Zeppelin and Genesis. <laughs> I love that. That right there tells me everything I need to know about how cool that movie was. And for those of you who need to know, who always wondered... The airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow is roughly 11 meters per second, or 24 miles per hour, beating its wings 7 to 9 times per second rather than 43. It's true, a 5-ounce bird cannot carry a 1-pound coconut, but furthermore, no swallow weighs 5 ounces. The barn swallow, which is what most English people mean when they say swallow, weighs about only 20 grams, which is two-thirds of an ounce. Now you know, and knowing is half, half the, the battle. Half. So there you <laughs> <laughs> so Tanya, are you gonna now that this podcast is near its conclusion? Are you ever gonna click on Monty Python Probably Flying not. Circus ever again? On I think Netflix? we're gonna have to duct tape her to a chair. Uh, I'm seeing to visions what... of the Clockwork Orange. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna prop her eyelids open. That's terrible. Probably but, not. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I mean, I went in and watched it just because it, to have something. For today, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I, I sent Chris a text message. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, I turned it off after 11 minutes. And he's like, try this one. And I watched, I watched the Umbrella Academy uh, episode three, and then I went back to that. And I'm like, I want to go back to Umbrella Academy, which I truly don't understand, but it's at least holding my interest a little bit more than than this is so See, this is making me. this discussion is making me want to go back and watch all the monty python flying circuses From, well, I, one of my favorite pieces of holy grail trivia is that in for the japanese release holy grail is translated as holy the holy sake cup the holy sake ah. cup isn't that great? That's fine. Um, also from uh, Holy Grail, the chicken on Brave Sir Robin's shield is facing to the right, the bearer's left, or the quote-unquote sinister in heraldry te- terminology. As Sir Robin is holding the shield in his left hand, that means the chicken is effectively seen to be running away from the battle <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Brave Sir Robin ran away. He bravely ran away. I didn't. And they ate Sir Robin's minstrels, and there was much rejoicing. Was... Yay. Yay. <laughs> And but I'm sorry. The best part of the movie, and the thing that I quote the most is, "My sister was once bitten by a moose." Yeah. See, she was carving her initials into the moose at the time. <laughs> they have the best, the absolute best. John Cleese was always disappointed in the ending of the movie because there's no ending. No, exactly. really. Did they ran out of money? They ran they out of no, ideas. Yep, they yep. had no idea. So they're like, "Okay, here we go." <laughs> Which I, I actually forgot there wasn't an ending till I resaw it at that showing with Cleese. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, it just ends. It yeah. just it suddenly just stops. Yeah, which I thought was very Python-esque to begin with. You mm-hmm. know, that's just kind of a thing. See, we're using that term anyway. According Always to Eric, Always look on the bright side. Yeah, of we'll go to break on this. Let's go to break on this. That was fun. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. And always look on the bright side of life. Come on!
So that was the thing. That thing happened. It's a thing that happened. Moving on. Um, and now for something completely different. A man with a tape recorder up his nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the, the penguin on the telly to blow up. There is it. This is where we should be on video. Just tiny facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I here? No. What am I doing? There are days where she's totally into this job, and there are days where she's just like, well, I am not going to deal with these people much longer. <laughs> I hate them all. <laughs> all right. I wouldn't go that far. Act three, short segments. See, we even tell you the official stuff. Uh, we have an event coming up. Does anybody want to talk about it? Because I don't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> FC3. FC3 2019. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. Did that come across well? Was that too much? That was fine. That was perfect. That was awesome. That was perfect. So kick off the 2019 FC3 weekend with a party and nerdlesque show with some of your favorite characters appearing on stage. Raffles, trivia, and nerdy burlesque to fill the evening. Friday, April 12th at the Firehouse Saloon, which is at 814 Clinton Avenue South. So in other words, you and I in a thong? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) We were looking for the surprise factor, Billy. We weren't supposed to tell people we've been rehearsing. <laughs> you broke Tanya. Hey, I've been working you out. You broke her brain. I've been working out. I don't want to hear it. I still don't want to see it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a unitard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's something tard involved. Hey. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Pre sale for this particular event $8 general admission, $25 VIP, which includes a seat up front, a complimentary bottle of champagne, and a surprise. The surprise is now Billy's let it out of the bag. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's it's a photo opportunity of wrong. Billy in a thong. Uh, now the day Susan's of letting you out for that. <laughs> if you show up the day of, ten dollars will be the general admission. She's insisting. <laughs> Can't get any business done with you two around. He started it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Chirins. Yeah, Anyway, if you show up the day of instead of on pre-sales, ten dollars general admission, but you get a two dollar discount if you present the door person with your FC three pass or your tickets to the Sirens and Stilettos show, which is going to be the evening after on the 13th. Now, on to the big event, the FC3 moment you've all been waiting for. Actually, you really, because you've already heard it a couple of times. Um, Flower City Comic Con, April 13th and 14th at the Blue Cross Arena, which when we win the lottery tonight, we're going to buy it and we're going to rename it the Mighty Monkey Arena. (laughs) I don't know if the we'll have to negotiate with the Pakulas with that. We'll get the naming rights. I, I I'm confident. Okay. You know. And good luck with that. Yeah. So the Mighty Monkey Arena. Guests so far: Yellow Rangers, Tracy Lynn Cruz, Nakia Baris, and Karen Ashley. Artist and writer: Rusty Gilligan. Wrestler: Jim Hacksaw Duggan. Actor: Michael Bean. And courtesy of Broken Icon Comics: Nick Wetland and Tristan Kelly. Also on on point: Comic artists: Caitlin Yarsky. And Ken Wheaton. Ken just had a birthday, so happy belated mm-hmm. birthday, Ken. We And, and got to let us know how it feels to finally be 21. Uh, we are still accepting <laughs> applications for vendors, artists, writers, panelists, game designers, game runners, board members, security, presidents uh, for you know 2020. And contact us for more information. Why? Because we have no idea what we're talking about half the time, so we need the information from you. So that's when we're not saying contact us for information, we're saying contact us with information. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> now... <laughs> They're just looking at me like, oh, you're so cute. Shut up. <laughs> wow, you just like went in. Phew. Yeah, well, uh, do you expect any less? I thought you were sleeping this morning. You said it was too early on a, on a morning for this. Yeah, sleeping me. We still haven't quite gotten along. We're still in marriage counseling. 
Um, and that worked so well for me the last time. Um, want to be a part of the FC3 Monkey business and Mighty Monkey Corporation? There are a few ways of doing that. Hey, producer Sherry. Yes. What's one of the first things we can do to become part of the experience? Become a sponsor. Ooh. You know you want to. We have sponsorship levels of all kinds and are even willing to create custom sponsorship packets. And please contact us at sponsorships, that's with an S, sponsorships, at fc3roc.org. Wow. Hey, Tanya. Yeah. Is there another way we could do this if we wanted to? Yes, there is. And tell me about that, please. The next is by sponsoring us on Patreon. Patreon is a way to support the people who are creating the things that you love. Like us. Yes, and we might be able to get Chris (laughs) off the air. (laughs) That's easy. I quit. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. Roll credits. There. Uh, and turn off his mic. <laughs> After that one, just turn off mine. Please check us out at www.patreon.com. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Backslash FC3ROC. All membership levels will include access to the Patreon-only blog, plus tons of other great perks at all levels. Special shout-outs to our See No Evil Patreons, James Irish, Jen Bevan, and myself. It's the only way we can survive is with Tanya's blessing. <laughs> my, my, my 10 bucks a month. Yes. yes. <laughs> that pays for the uh, the Timbits. You know, then let me just buy the Timbits because I did that and gave 10 bucks. Wow, I'm telling you, that's yeah. just impressive stuff right there. So, Chris, do you want to help others find the show? Uh, no, how about you, Billy? Do you want to help others find the show? Oh, I'll help find the show. Let me uh, go to my little... Your uh, handy-dandy script. Uh, first thing, oh, uh, please leave us a want, want to help others find the show? Please leave us a review wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Podbean, YouTube, Stitcher, or you can just come to our houses. Is there yes. a place you can find your podcast that you can't find FC3 Monkey Business? Let us know. And please follow us on Twitter at FC3 MB Podcast. And if you do, please say hi. We love it when you say hi. And, and you know, you can find our podcast on our Facebook page. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So if you like us and on, on Facebook our Twitter. and you follow yep. us on Twitter, then you will see the links. Every yep. Wednesday. So share those links out with everybody else. Yep. Broadcast mm-hmm. the signal. Please. If you think we've been doing a good job, tell others. And if you don't think so, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> still tell others anyway. So tell. they can make their own determination. There if you we go. Do a j- because good job sometimes, as Tanya so eloquently put it, I just don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get Monty Python. I'm sorry. All right. Our question of the week. And I'm going to make a disclaimer. I'm, I'm modifying the question of the week. Aside from Firefly. <laughs> Wasn't even going to say it. I did. I thought about that, but I... What is a TV show that you would love to see brought back? So, Billy. It's funny. Uh, I was going to say Mystery Science Theater 3000, but they they did did. bring it back. They did bring it back. Uh, One of my all-time favorites. Python's Flying Circus? Yeah. (laughs) Now, see, the the thing is... I wouldn't be the same. Wouldn't be the same. I want... John Barrowman. The original writers involved in whatever show I bring back or uh-huh. someone that can recreate the chemistry. Like Freaks and Geeks yeah. only ran the one season, yeah. the one really, really perfect season. So uh-huh. I don't know if I want it back, right. back, but if they do, I want it to be as good as that one season. We've even talked about this when we were talking about Firefly. If, if the planets came into alignment and everything came together and the cast reunited and they, they were, we were able to get a second season... Would it would it have the same impact? You know, would it would it be just as good as it was that got everybody's attention and became this phenomenon? So I guess that's that's kind of a question. But right now we're just gonna go ahead and throw it out there and see what comes out. Actually West Wing. And changing my mind. West Wing. West Wing. 
See, beat me to the punch on that one. Um, <laughs> gotta come up with something else now. <laughs> gotta come up with something else now. Okay, I take it back. I no, that's okay. <laughs> I got, I got a couple. I've got a couple of other ideas yeah. on top of my head. Tanya, um, what would you like to see come back? I think I would like um, Jag. Okay. The, uh, Jag okay. was the the precursor to, to NCIS. NCIS. I mean, I love uh, um, David. I can't think of his name. But Catherine Bell. Catherine Bell and and uh, mm-hmm. that um, was one of them. And you know, Airwolf would be another one. Ooh, <laughs> good choice. That would be interesting to see. That would be okay. But, but I didn't expect that was one. It, was it Jan Michael Vincent? She just does. He did not age, age well. well. No. no. But yeah, that was one. So th- those were the shows I was watching growing up. Uh-huh. Well, Jag definitely not until college or whatever. But right, right, afterwards, right, right. but. Airwolf was definitely one, uh-huh. and they've redone MacGyver, but you have to do I'm the not, MacGyver with the original one with Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah, I can't say I'm completely thrilled with the new MacGyver. I haven't started the new MacGyver. I like Lucas Me. Till. I think he's he, he's trying to do a good job. You know, he's a good actor. He's a great up and coming actor, and and then um, George Eads mm-hmm. is playing his wingman, and so I like the cast, but the writing and the situations are just they're not as there's the impact isn't there like you know with the original MacGyver. That's it. They brought twenty four back a year or two ago with mm-hmm. not Kiefer Sutherland. Right. And the it, show is still entertaining enough, but it just it, wasn't did, the didn't same. Didn't it bomb? I thought it bombed. Maybe, but I, I, mean, I watched it and enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but it really was missing mm-hmm. the the characters that I watched for seven seasons mm-hmm. or whatever it was. So it, so then I would go um, the Fall Guy. Okay. Lee. Wow, you are like, damn, I did not ex- I did not see any of that no? coming from you. And, That's and awesome. And then probably like um, the Bionic Woman or the Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, I love man. those. They did do a try a, a um, Bionic Woman reboot with, Some, something along what's those her lines. name, Michelle, I can see her face. She was in a Doctor Who with David Tennant. Oh, I can't think of her name right now. But they did try a Bionic Woman reboot. Uh, and and um, Katie Sackhoff played a uh, mm. an antagonist right. in it. The bad guy, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that was so, kind of a thing. yeah. So yeah, I was like a huge fall guy All right. fan. All right, Sherry. Well, my first thought uh, was just like Billy. Um, I, I don't have to say it because they're doing it. What a Veronica Mars really is oh, coming I back again with yeah. Kristen. Not just yes. a movie, a series, or at like, least, or at least, a, it's at gonna least be a on short Hulu. one. It's going to be on Hulu. Really? Yes, yeah. Kristen Bell's doing Veronica Mars again, and I'm wow. so excited. I love about Kristen. That. Everything she does is good. It took or me. Great. It took me a little while to get into the Good Place. Good Place had me hooked. Once, oh, once I pushed through a certain point, I'm like, okay, yeah, you got me. That show <laughs> is <laughs> so smart and funny. It's it clever. was a lot. It is of clever. Fun. It is Very a lot clever. of fun, um, and I love Ted Danson, and he played well, yeah. so good. In he that. plays He's, it so so just yeah, right on the nose. So good in that. Good stuff. Um, and so then I have one older and one newer. Okay. Uh, the newer one, I'd really like them to. I want more Sherlock. I want more mm. BBC Sherlock. All right. I love that show, and don't I don't think, think we're going to see that. But you know, I know, but I, nice. and but the chemistry between uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and um, Martin Freeman, Martin Freeman oh, is yeah. probably one of the best chemistries of any TV show I've watched mm. in ages. They're mm-hmm. so great together. They really are. Um, and um, I want them to bring back Eureka. Oh, that would be fun. I loved Eureka. Eureka I mean, was good. They, and they really, they just, they were not expecting to be cut off at that point. No, I don't think so. So that, the ending was very unsatisfying. Yeah, Because it was. I think it really came as a surprise and they were just trying to 
tie everything together. Tie everything together. So, so it didn't leave people hanging too much. But I did. I loved Eureka. Well, going hand in hand with Eureka, I'm going to say Warehouse 13. Yeah. Oh. Excellent. I've seen Warehouse Excellent 13, show. but I haven't seen Eureka yet. Warehouse 13 is a lot of fun. Yes. We're going we're gonna to not a book club Eureka soon. Okay, good. We are going to, it's on my list. Okay. I, I'm not familiar with it. Tell me what it is. It's in the same world as Warehouse 13, same universe. Sci-fi okay. channel. Um, in fact, they have a couple of crossovers between the two, um, between the two shows. It's a town in... It's out west. I think it's like, is it Oregon or something? I think it's in Oregon. I can never remember if it's Northern California or if it's Oregon. I believe it's Oregon. But it's kind of like a, but it's. It's a haven for the brainiacs. Weird stuff. A northwestern (laughs) town of Eureka. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I don't know if they ever specify. It's basically a a commune of Mensa folks. Yeah. All right. They're all engineers. They're all brilliant. They're all physicists and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And. Colin Ferguson. And federal law basically doesn't apply to them. So they have their own community. They have a mayor. Right. And they have they have a director and an administrator and they all work at this research center. And so it's basically off the charts. Just go and invent and explore and try try thing. And the hijinks ensues because you have a bunch of eggheads who have no real true oversight. Yeah. And the main character played by Colin Ferguson is a normal guy. Yeah. He, he was a um, he's a sheriff. He, he's the sheriff. He came to town on accident. And they offered him the job because he helped them out because he's the one who has the street smarts. He's the one who looks at everything else and is not looking at everything through the lens of, of scientist. Yeah. So they kind he they need him, but he's the everyman that you see everything through. And I always mm-hmm. like that. If you're gonna have something weird, you gotta have somebody you can relate to. Right. And he's the one. And and, and I the guess situations so you, he finds himself in. Yeah, and it's funny, I, I watch these shows and I get really into these shows. And then you never see these actors again. And they were so great. Yeah. Well, a lot of them have been popping up in other places. I mean, but, Matt Fewer is still in it. Uh, Colin Ferguson. Well, Matt Fewer has been in, around yeah. forever. Colin <laughs> Ferguson has oh, been around. Was in Haven afterwards. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, but you would. Th- but I mean, some of them were so amazing that you're like, why aren't they in everything? Yeah. Why are th- Why is this person not in absolutely everything in the mm-hmm. world? And your discussion of Eureka just reminded me of another show I hadn't thought of in years, and I have it on DVD. This anyone else remember Erie, Indiana? Yes. I do not. Oh yes. God, I love that, that show. Think, think more science, more sci-fi, less horror. Okay. Erie, Indiana was almost a kid's show, but mm-hmm. teenager maybe. Yeah. From the early 90s, it's just a really weird town where yeah. weird things yep. happen. It's more supernatural, yeah. whereas Eureka's more sci-fi. And these two kids knew that this town was messed up, but no one else realized it. Right. And these kids sort of tracked down. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a neat sort of show. Like the, I, neat I really show. liked it. Yeah. Now I'm going to go home and look at those DVDs. <laughs> All right, so like I dovetailed on on Sherry and say Warehouse 13, but that's because I was inspired by you yeah. bringing up Eureka. Um, I also echo. I would love to see the West Wing back because I want to see a real president in action again. <laughs> um, you know that it's well. You Actually, know. I recommend the West Wing podcast, West Wing okay. Weekly. West Wing Weekly. As, uh, Josh um, Josh Molina uh, is that the guy that replaced um. Joshua Molina. Joshua Molina. Yeah, he replaced. And uh, uh, um, I can see his name. Why? Martin Sheen. No, no. he replaced. Uh, Rob, Rob, Rob um, why Lowe. can I think Rob of his Lowe. name? Rob Lowe. Jeez. Rob, oh, geez, yeah. yes. Holy senior moment. So it's Joshua Molina and a West Wing super fan do yeah. this podcast together where every week they break down. They started with the first episode uh-huh. and just uh, sequentially break down. The writing, the characters, yeah. the, the the way that it was all put together, the, the, the production mm-hmm. value, the music being another character. Yep. 
you know, it, it was just, it was amazing. And Newsroom, you know, so West Wing okay. and Newsroom, I'd like to, I think Newsroom mm. is actually possibly coming back. Did I hear that rumor? I don't know. Okay. Leverage. Leverage? That would leverage. be fun to see the Leverage team back. That's my, my daughter's favorite show, mm. which always blows my mind because I bought her the, the five season box set for Christmas a couple of years ago and she was just like, oh my God, I love this. And, so, and she watches it. Um, I heard that there's potentially the librarians are coming back. I they, they, they come, they, they, they come, they come and, go. and go. They, they come, come and, go. and go. They like take a season off and then they'll come back for another season. Mm-hmm. They've done because I, I thought they I stopped watching it because I thought it was done. Yeah. And then I went, oh my god, there's two more seasons that I never watched. Yeah. And the next season, you're just gonna come back and go shh. <laughs> yeah, well, their final episode was February seventh, twenty eighteen. But okay. then I, uh, Christian Kane was saying something about librarians coming back, something like that. So. Aside from everything I've talked about, there's two that, that have come to mind since I was first thinking about this character, or thinking about this question, excuse me. Um, I would like to see some sort of, of, of reboot of Space 1999. Okay. Call it I'd... Space 2999 if you have to, mm-hmm. but um, that's that's because I think there was so many different stories that could have been told that it just didn't because it was trying to be too surreal at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would like to see, and I'm going to preface this by saying Brandon Braga needs to be put in a closet and duct taped to a chair with a gag (laughs) if this is going to happen. But I want to see Enterprise come back. And I want to see Enterprise, given its proper attention, take out the temporal Cold War and, like I said, put Brandon Braga in a freaking chair, duct tape him to it and stick him in a broom closet and keep him away from it. I want to see Enterprise crew given a chance to tell a story that isn't through the lens of, oh, by the way, this has just been an extended Next Generation episode. Thank you to the finale. All right. So Enterprise and Space 1999, those would be the two that I would see, I'd want to see come back and, and done properly, in my opinion. If I were going to bring back uh, Star Trek, mm-hmm. it would be... Um Deep Space Nine, because I would love to see them do the stories that they continued in the books. Yeah. The book, the stories they continued in the books were amazing. Really? Like really. what kind of things, what kind of topics did they cover? Basically, it's what happened after Cisco left. What okay. happened to everyone on the space station? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened when um, Garrick went back to Cardassia? Mm-hmm. I mean, the books cover these amazing stories mm-hmm. so you like to see him on tv yeah cisco's cisco's child with cassidy oh right right yeah yeah um i just would love to see and they also in the books they did amazing things with the mirror universe okay which i would love to see play out on the big screen all right Very okay cool. got another one. quantum leap sam leaps home right finally now. that would oh. be a great one, oh, one season 13 episodes now, we've already spark. we've already established Sam never finds his way Ugh. home. So what's he been doing for the last twenty five years? Yeah. I want to know to all the different TV shows that he's been on. <laughs> 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 Murphy Brown. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's good. Quantum Leap. That's good. That that'd be a good one. I'm currently watching Quantum Leap. Oh, it's such a good <laughs> show. I'm working one. my way through Once Upon a Time and Quantum Leap right now. This just popped into my and head. Mash. Uh-huh. I want to see, in its official full-on format, ABC's Wide World of Sports. <laughs> <laughs> the victory, the uh, agony, the, the agony, the, the sweet, I can't remember what oh, it was. The, the thrill of victory and, and the, the agony, agony of, of defeat. defeat. And I want to see that son of a bitch falling off the, 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 the ski slope again mm-hmm. or the ski jump again because that was, to me, 
That was, I think, why I loved the Olympics so much was to see everything, the obscure stuff that isn't mm-hmm. normally covered. And that's what I think they did brilliantly. And the Harlem Globetrotters. And the Harlem Globetrotters. You know, I mean, because it was so fun. I mean, growing up as a kid and you're watching all these different obscure things and hobbies and sports and stuff. And and then then all of a sudden, every four years, boom, there's an Olympics. And, and that's what that was part of my early education of the there is a rest of the world out there. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot going on out there and there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things. That was the first step of my education on the rest of the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see that back and I don't want to see it in a cleaned up format that we're so used to canned and and uh, and packaged and ever and marketed. And I want to see it the way it was. You know, I want yeah. somebody who can channel Jim McKay and bring it back the way it was supposed to be done. You know, that's that's what I want to see. Cool. So. There you go. That Very was my inspired cool. moment. TV there. series starting in 1961. Yep. <laughs> yep. And and it and it was all the way up into the 80s. I think is when they finally. Yeah, because 1988 I, you... is Jim McKay was the host. 1961 to 1988. Yeah. <laughs> um. 88, the year I graduated from high school. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, Zoom. Zoom. That'd be great. Um. Do they still do the electric company? I don't know. I don't know if anybody other than me remembers the show because it really was an in-between time for us. But there was a uh, there was a kids variety or sketch comedy show called You Can't Do That on Television. Loved it from Canada. Yes. Was it it on Nickelodeon? I think so. Yeah. Just don't say I don't know in your your set. Yeah, I'd love to see that back. I would love to see that back. And there was there was there was there was another one that I really really loved that was a bit later, um, and it's where people like Amanda Bynes got started and and Keenan and Kel. Yeah, all all that, that. all that. That was an awesome sketch comedy. Look at me coming up with obscure kid shows. Yeah, Yeah, baby. (laughs) Yeah, Keenan. Oh, he had this one that he would just. It was just him. In a bathtub, a, a bubble bath, mm-hmm. wearing a yellow rain slicker, mm-hmm. saying weird things in French. It was, I'm like, that's Monty Python. That's right it, right there. there. That's where you're that seeing. That was Monty that's Python. That's where you're the influence. Is he the longest running member of the Saturday Night Live cast now? I think Currently, so. I think he might be. I think so. Uh, Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson. Yeah, either that or Seth Meyers. No, well, no, Seth Seth's Myers. got his own show now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. never mind. Yeah. And it's just weird because I saw him when because I used to watch him when he was a kid when mm-hmm. I was a nanny when I was a nanny for my niece yeah she watched that show yep and that's and Amanda Bynes started that it started there and it was mm-hmm. so. yeah Keenan Thompson is the longest uh, member current running or uh, I think in the history of the show really it was fifteen seasons he's been on wow huh. probably just beat Tim Meadows there you go and there we go that's enough of that. And this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con. Coming at you April 13th and 14th at the Blue Cross Arena. Uh, Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us wherever we go and we'll lead you to where the entertainment is. And we will uh, be catching up with you next week. Hope you have a wonderful time of it. Hope you had some fun. Hope you had some laughs. We'll see you all soon. Boom, boom, boom.